0: Welcome to the Aporia podcast. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on all the major platforms. If you like the show, you love the Aporia magazine. Find the link in the show notes, along with our Twitter, and a link to the bonus questions we ask our guests. Today I'm with Michael Hume. He's a professor of philosophy at the University of Colorado Boulder, and has written several books and blogs on fake news, uh Michael, welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Uh thanks. It's good to be here.
0: <laughs> Alright. Um, I really <laughs> enjoy your blog. Uh, one of my my few favorites. And uh one blog. one topic you <laughs> one, one topic you talk a lot about is uh is uh, a critique of systems or like a describing how systems go wrong in in politics and society. <clears throat> yeah. Um so, for instance, recently uh, you wrote uh, a blog post uh, called "In Praise of uh, Passivity." Right. Um, c- can you talk about the, the view you put forward yeah. here?
1: Yeah, I mean, so that was um, and it's based on an academic paper that I published. That a lot of people liked, so it's sort of like the short two thousand word version of that. <laughs> and um, um, "Praise of Passivity" refers to. Um, Kind of the opposite of political activism, right? It's uh, in praise of you know sitting back and not trying to fix society. And like, why would you not try to fix society? Well, because basically you probably don't know what you're doing. Uh, most people don't know what they're doing, and when you try to fix things and you don't know what you're doing, you usually make them worse. So, so you know, like most people have minimal knowledge. Um, uh, so in in fact, maybe even the experts have minimal knowledge, right? You know, so there's like uh, you know, like Philip Tedlock has this famous study where he had uh, political experts try to predict outcomes, okay? Now, you might think that that's not the main thing that you want a political expert to do, but that is the testable thing, okay, And if they can't get right the thing that you can test, you should not assume that they can get right the things that you can't test. Okay, so they had these people, they would predict things like, is the economy going into recession or who's going to win such and such election? Or will these two countries go to war in the next year? All of these were things with a definite um, time frame, so that there was a specific time at which you would know for certain whether the prediction came true. And so, you know, basically like even top political experts are just a little bit better than chance, right? And you could get better results by having an algorithm. And so, okay, and that's, you know, that's better than ordinary lay people who are basically just random guessers, right? And so, like, okay, so if that's the case, you should assume that probably most of us don't know, you know, like, we can't predict political outcomes. We probably don't know the other stuff that requires subjective judgments. We're probably not getting that right either, right? And so that's probably why a lot of government policies are um, either useless or counterproductive.
0: Yeah, so I think it's like it's hard to. We don't really know, like, of course, scientists know some things, like in physics, we can predict some things with pretty high accuracy, actually. Uh, but a lot of these, I guess, these are like social or political outcomes in the future that we're predicting. Uh, and we don't know that this that well yet. Uh, maybe partly because it cannot be tested, really. We, like, we cannot follow. We cannot do random control trials.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah
0: if, like, I don't know, maybe in the future we'll know it better. I don't know. But but as it is right now, we don't really have a good understanding.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, maybe we could divide the country into two halves and like, you know, randomly assign people <laughs> to to get different economic policies and then we could really test. And then, you know, we'd have to do that multiple times in order to know, right? But we're not going to be allowed to yeah. do that.
0: Yeah, but isn't that actually an argument for for doing this more, like make more uh, independent small states where you can try different things and maybe learn something?
1: Uh, well, yeah, if, if only we could do that, right? <laughs> you know, if we could divide the country into multiple different uh, sub countries, you know, small city states, then maybe we could try yeah. more things. You know, that I mean, one of the problems is that even when you try an experiment, uh, quote experiment. Um, you know, people don't agree on what the outcome was. So you could say, oh, you know, we're going to try, we're going to try having the government do economic stimulus in this place, and they won't do it in this other place. Okay, and then we'll see what happens. And then the debate will be resolved. You know, does economic stimulus work? (laughs) No, it won't. I already know what's going to happen. The people who already believe in economic stimulus are going to say that the experiment proved that they were right, and the people who don't believe it are going to say the experiment proved that they were right. Everyone's going to say what well, no matter no what happens. Everyone always says that it proves that they were right. <laughs> so that, um, and that's you know, partly because well, you can't uh, you can't control all factors with this society, right? And partly because like you know the way we do things with. A uh, real experiments, like medical experiments, is you have hundreds or thousands of people, preferably thousands of people, and you randomly assign them. Well, we can't have thousands of societies and randomly assign them to different conditions. So,
0: so even if you don't know necessarily what's right, like maybe you could try something and maybe it's half bad, half good, or like, what, what do you think?
1: Oh, well, um, yeah, I mean, you might think, yeah, why, when we don't know what we're doing, why don't we just get like, um, you know, half of the results being good and half of them being bad. But actually, no, you should expect most of them to be bad, right? The most random changes are bad. And, you know, why is that? Well, basically because things are going pretty well. So if you're in a society where things are just going terribly, then yeah, change a bunch of stuff around, that's fine. <laughs> but if you're in a society where things are going pretty well and you change stuff around, you know, you're, you're probably going to move us closer to what is the average state of human societies, which is like way worse than, than our current state, right? Because that that's sort of like almost a metaphysical principle about reality. When you change stuff mm-hmm. around randomly, you move it towards um, the average state, right? Which, you know, like for, um, as, as an analogy for living things, if you rearrange parts of a living thing randomly, um, there's you know any large change is almost certain to kill it, right? <laughs> and not make it a lot better, right? And you know small changes, will maybe not kill it, but just injure it, right? Like just moving stuff around almost never improves it, and that's because the average state for a pile of matter is dead, right? <laughs> You know, like being alive is just a very tiny range of possibilities for a bunch of chemicals. Right.
0: So in your in your blog post, you also describe how um, how doctors used to uh, do a lot of procedures like bloodletting and stuff to to cure people, basically because they didn't have a good understanding. So they thought, I don't know, we try this, and then they yeah. they did that and drew a lot of blood from people, and some <laughs> and they would. Probably not help them no. be cured at all, but sometimes actually yeah. kill them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that basically didn't help anyone, right? So they had, you know, in the Middle Ages, and um, I, don't know, I don't know when they got, gave this up, but anyway, for, for a while, people thought that most diseases were caused by an imbalance of the four bodily fluids, which were yellow bile, black bile, blood, and phlegm. Okay, and then um, <laughs> if you had like an inflammation of some area and, you know, it would be all red and swollen, they would think, oh, that means that you've got too much blood. So we need to drain your blood. Okay, so now all of this was basically 100% wrong. Like no disease is caused by an imbalance of the bodily humors and no disease, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, is helped by draining your blood. So, you know, you might think, wow, that's like really poor, poor average. Like, How do they get it so wrong? Right. Well, but the answer is that, um, you know, like almost nothing is good. Of, of the rearrangements of a human body you can make, almost 100% of them are harmful. So if you pick one to try, it's <clears throat> going to be harmful unless you have like really detailed knowledge.
0: Yeah. But I mean, maybe. Um... Maybe what they missed was the crucial uh, fifth uh, humor, um, Michael humor.
1: That's right, yeah. right? No. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have an imbalance. They don't have enough humor. To... <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so, and I mean, you, you can make a case that maybe that's similar to our understanding of political systems today, right? How, how bad right. their understanding of the, of the medical system was back then. Yeah. So so what should we do then?
1: Uh yeah, you know, like most of the time you should leave things alone. <laughs> uh, like, you know, most of the time the government should leave people alone and you know, just let them do their thing. Right? And you know, um,